care of us and for calling us together to hear your word. It's a beautiful thing to know that we can hear from heaven and hear it through another human being. That's wonderful. It's a miracle right there, Lord. And I just ask you to help me to explain exactly what you want your people to know today. We want help from heaven, Lord. We always want your help. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So the Lord has a question for you, and that is, what's your beef? Uh, what's your beef? What's your beef? Because God has an answer of peace for you. Amen. God has a, whatever your beef is. Now, people don't like that word. It took me a minute to get accustomed to it when, when I heard it in my own hearing. Amen. Because we don't want to think we got anything against God. You know. It's not God. I'm not mad at God, I'm not disappointed at God. You know, when we say that we're disappointed about things, that's usually directed somewhere. You're not just disappointed about a situation, but it's directed somewhere. We're disappointed in people, disappointed in ourselves. Uh, it, it will bounce from place to place. But God knows, wants you to know, that if you have a beef, he's big enough to shoulder it and he's also got an answer of peace for you so don't just hold a grudge don't just have a beef don't just be upset don't just be disgruntled don't just be that because he has an answer of peace not a yes or no answer not a you're not good enough answer but he has an answer of peace in other words he has a covenant with you to bring you to peace in all situations you got me nothing's beyond his ability nothing's beyond his mercy not nothing's beyond his love there's just nothing beyond him and he wants us to come to him with beefs issues whatever so the uh, the way beef is defined in the dictionary is a complaint or a grievance it's a complaint or a grievance so if something's not right i know we got to watch our confession listen I know all the, if you, if you don't think I know them, I know them all because I tell myself the same thing. You got me? So this is how I know them all. Amen. So we all got our faith confession where we don't complain. But we stew on the inside. So your beef is stewing on the inside. Amen. Even though you don't say it. I don't know who we think we hiding from. We hide our confession from each other. Well, you know, I, you know how the saints are when you get around them. I can just hear Pastor Bob now telling me to get in faith, get my confession right. But she don't know my situation. Oh, listen, I know the devil. I know he can keep, he keeps you in your situation just like he keeps me in mine if I let him. Amen. So a beef really is a complaint or a grievance, and we all have them. Like right now, I'm if I if I let myself stew about it, I get upset about the fact that I got to take these stupid pills to control control my blood pressure. You understand what I'm saying? But I know how I got myself to that spot. You got me. It's it's good to know these things, but that's not important. How I got here ain't important. It's getting me out. <laughs> so you got to focus on the get out, not on how you got in. It's like somebody drowning and the lifeguard comes to you. No, what, how 
how'd you get up here in this water kicking and screaming and gulping and carrying on acting like you get ready to die Huh? Yeah, right, right, right. So we don't want that. When we we're in trouble, we want to be rescued, and rightfully so. You know, it's amen. As God's way is to rescue us. So it's a complaint or a grievance or a criticism. Sometimes when we start feeling knotted up on the inside or or that inner strife, you have an inner critic in you at all times. Your conscience many times will criticize you, criticize others criticize situations because it doesn't measure up with what your little soul desires life to be some people just have strife in them they 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 somehow don't know how to manage that so there's always some inner conflict i always tell people if if somebody if you get in conflict with somebody on the outside it's because they happen to fit in with your inner conflict see because if, other than that, there's nothing but peace. You got me? Uh, uh, if, if Avis came in here dressed in summer clothes and went out there with no coat on in the middle of the winter, I don't have to get upset with her because maybe she's hot. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But some people, it disturbs them greatly. You know, <laughs> you know it's like wearing white after, the, uh, after uh, Labor Day. You got me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, we all got a little here. The things we think is so important don't amount to a hill of beans. Amen. So, and then sometimes people uh, do things to avoid conflict. And then when they see that getting disturbed, it's already like the conflict is on. You know what I'm saying? We just all had these little things. That's why God, God designed forgiveness for us. It's the only thing you can do. You don't have to go to anybody and take them to court and, well, they got to admit they was, you don't have to admit nothing to you. Who are you? A little Miss Self-Righteous. You got me? You know, the, there's only one righteous. That's God. Amen. So as long as we measure up with him, we're good. Now you need to keep peace with people. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to be the Tasmanian devil when you walk in the door, everybody's on alert because you're in a bad mood. You know, you, you can't live like that. <laughs> just, it won't get you nowhere. But but you do have to be a, a person who wants to abide in peace. You want that to be your your footprint. You want that to be your your domain. You want that to be your your dwelling place. And so God's provided that for all of us. In fact, many times you you your problem isn't quite resolved but you don't feel up in the air about it so you've obtained peace so you don't really want all your problems solved you want it but you you it's not crucial what's crucial is your peace well if that's news then write it down twice and underline it because that's what god he we live off the fruit of the spirit we don't live off things we just don't. Whenever your mind drifts and, and the lack of things starts getting you upset, you got to pull yourself back into peace. Now, God, I renounce that thought. I don't live off of things. I live off the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Just like your kids were when, when they were small and you took them off the bottle. You, you look at them and they look at you and they like, you better give me some. You know what I'm saying? So the binky comes out, right? 
So, so that's God giving us his peace as our binky when we're out of sorts. And it's actually, it's not a temporary stopgap. It's the thing we really need. See? Because most of us are used to, after a certain period of time, the binky gets lost somewhere. You know, parents say, well, I don't know what happened to it. See if you, you know, if the kid throws a fit and tears all the drapes down and breaks all the dishes, you go find it miraculously reappears, right? So, (laughs) but God isn't like that. He wants that covenant of peace to remain with us and the fruit of the Spirit abide with us at all times. So all we're doing is throwing little tantrums because we don't see what we think we're supposed to have or see what we think we want. Huh? And we're unwilling to believe that God knows best. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for our situation. He knows, he knows, he knows. See, it's better for us to live in the Spirit than it is for us to have an abundance of things. See, I know that goes counter to a lot of what we've been taught, but it really is better for us to abide in the Spirit and live off the fruit of the Spirit than to put our faith in an abundance of things or to try to acquire an abundance of things. It's better. And so many times you'll notice in your life when you start getting off the track and you start thinking about, I want this, I want that, I got to have this, I got to have that, God will come and just kind of stop you, put you on pause and calm you down and let you know, now you need to, to approach me in faith about these things, not beefing about them, not complaining about them, but approach me in faith. And if you don't have faith, go get in your word. You don't need to be complaining about what you don't have. Go get in your word until your faith is reestablished and you have assurance about these things. So really, we beef because we don't have assurance about things. We don't have faith for abundance of all things. We don't have, and so really what it is is that we need to get to know God and spend time understanding who he is, what he would do, and get that assurance that we need. Huh? Many times when we begin to prosper, we get carried away, and God sees that. And he, he quick in a hurry, reminds us, now listen, you have gotten over here in la-la land, thinking that this is what you live for. Well, he'll yank us back over in there. Remember, Norval Hayes would say, uh, the longer you have to wait for something, the better it is for you. And that he's a faith person, a word of faith person, and very good friends with Brother Hagen and all the rest of them, but Norval had some understanding about some stuff that some people lacked. You got me? And he was able to utter those things, you know. It's like, wait a minute now. The longer I got to wait for the better it is for you. Sure, because you learn how to abide in the domain where God is. You learn how your rest is in the realm of the spirit. And your rest and comfort is not in abundance of all things. So God wants to, to get rid of the beef in us. To quash the beef so that we're not beefing all the time about things and upset with people because we don't have what we think we're supposed to have you know so he'll put the binky he'll stick the binky of peace of 
<laughs> in your mouth. Amen. The fruit of peace, the fruit of the, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we need to develop and abide in the fruit of patience. Now, you don't ask for patience as though you don't have it. It's there already. You need to lean into it. God told me something one time. He said, faith does not wait. Patience does. So it's not like you just need faith for things. We got that. But you need to, it says, the Bible tells you also to add to your faith. Add to your faith virtue, patience, all of the other fruit of the Spirit that hold faith up. So faith is kind of crippled by itself. Without works, it's, it's, it's dead. Without uh, patience, it's, it's, it makes you a loose cannon or make you frustrated. Amen? Without virtue, that is inner strength, a resilience, a determination. See, once faith is applied... If you don't have virtue in you, and that is the ability to understand that God will do it, he means what he says, and it does not matter how long it takes. So virtue is, is a sense of, of God's integrity in you, and then patience comes along to keep you from going nuts and throwing a temper tantrum because you don't have it yet. So these are all maturing fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit matures us, leaves us whole, not lacking in anything, because the devil wants you to keep being a baby in the things of God, falling out with people, being upset about everything just because you don't have what you want, amen, instead of adding to your faith. Okay, yeah, well, you prayed the prayer of faith, but, but that's got a weak, it's kind of weak by itself. So we add patience. That means it's not going to come tomorrow. It's not going to come in two days. It may not come in a week or a month or a year, two years, three years, whatever it is. So as your maturity matures, then you're able to understand better what God is doing and relax in it. Amen. And allow him to do what he needs to do to help you. Amen. In things. Come here a little bit. Come here. Stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Where's Tony? Lounging. Right. In the hallway? He's in the hallway. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can you turn my mic off? Turn off. Praise God. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God. Amen. None of y'all business. <laughs> Us got business, y'all. No. <laughs> yeah, Sherelle will tell you if she wants to, but if not, well, you know how we are. We just we don't we don't bug about other people's business. So anyway, God has business for you. Praise God. 
But he wants us to understand things. See, this is the day to get rid of all the beefs, amen, the complaints and the grudges and so forth. So uh, beef really means to have a grudge against someone. Your grudge is against someone. And, and we have to, you know, don't play with yourself on that. Uh, be honest before God because many times our beefs and complaints are because of misunderstanding. If we could get one another to accept that. You know, it's not that people don't like you or somebody has got something against you. But there are times when, the, you know, uh, um, the, the devil will twist your hearing, cause you to hear things differently than what they're meant. Some people are so insecure, they think twice about everything somebody tells them. Did they say that? Did they? But what did they mean? You know, it, and that comes from not really uh, uh, keeping your heart pure. Your heart's pure. You hear right. You got me. But if your heart's if your heart's concerned, if it's upset or it's concerned about being hurt or you know past hurts or anything like that, it'll twist and distort what you hear. You don't want that. You want to hear clearly everything. And if something is 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 aimed at you and it's not right you forgive people you don't make enemies you know you 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 don't have beefs with everybody my goodness you know we we left the land of beefing a long time ago and now so it had means to have a grudge against you gotta get up by yourself Sheree. oh well praise the lord that'll save you a trip to the gym you know what i'm saying all right you're praise god so uh, God promises an answer of peace. Now, where do we? Let me go here first. So nobody would admit to having a beef against God, and uh, um, we need to look at some some people who have had beefs against very powerful people. So in Luke chapter 18, you see the woman, the widow, confronting the unjust judge. Amen. Confronting the unjust judge. Luke 18, I think it starts in verse 1. Jesus spoke a parable unto them. To this end, men ought always to pray and not to faint. So this has to do with you continuing to believe what God has told you, even when confronted with obstacles. See, you faint because you think there's something there in your situation that's hopeless. It's, you know, you ever start thinking about something and you, your imagination can get involved in it, all of a sudden you hit a wall? Huh? And that's because doubt will come up. To, that's that's the, the obstacle, the mountain that's got to be moved out of the way of your, or you would get a full picture of it, see? So what God is doing is preparing you for the fact that you're going to have to pray about this and you're going to have to stand on the word because there is something in the realm of the spirit that is blocking you from receiving that. So when you bump into the wall, what do you do? Do you beef and get mad at God and say somebody lied to you or, you know, I don't want no more prophecy because them prophets lied. See, there's a lot of that going around. And so what, what happens is God will test to see if you're going to trust him 
forget about who told it to you how they told it to you whatever 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 but trust him in it anyway is there anything of god in that prophecy you got me trust that part that you know is of god you got me and keep it moving don't don't let any obstacles stand in because many times god will let your little your little mind wander and flounder and and act crazy and and all of the above because he needs to get all of that out of you so that when he does bless you and he does bring things to you then it it is a blessing and it'll remain and it will it will be nothing but it'll be all good as far as you're concerned because there's nothing in you that's going to goof it up because of immaturity that's going to mess with it because of prematurity you you got me all of that stuff it's all worked out for you everything you would shock us to see the plan god has for us and and how we work it because of of our human impatience with things you got me i mean you can you can really screw some stuff up you don't want nothing in your life on life support you really don't You, you i mean seriously so it's better to wait and see what God wants to do in it than to get something prematurely, just work your little crafts and all that kind of stuff and set your traps and all that, and then wind up and have to put some on life support for 10 years. You got me frustrated, angry, mad at the same. Some people don't survive in kind of premature situations. They're just out there. It's crazy. Some of it never goes away. So this lady is uh luke chapter 18 verse 1 men not always pray and not faint don't give up once god once you get involved in god's word you stay with god's word don't let go because what you're really saying if you let go of it you call god a liar see we lie to ourselves and say we don't want it no more i used to want i used to want to show and sell and said you still want it if you tell the truth to yourself but somehow it's in guy it's in hit that wall and you don't know how to get it from up against that wall you got me and so when you hit that wall you have to go to god and say god i got a beef here there's something ain't right here there's something you know this thing needs to be in my life when is it going to get here whatever whatever but get the beef straightened out amen get that straightened out with god so it says there was in a city a judge which feared not god neither regarded man so he was the supreme authority he went for bad and everybody knew it he didn't care about you he didn't know anything he didn't have any personal integrity he didn't have any personal allegiance to anything here's somebody who has power with no accountability amen now when you think about it that's god huh because if you don't regard God, you must be God. And if man can't move you, you got your own mind made up. You got your own will. So in in some respects, it is God, but we are talking about a human being. And it says, and there was a widow in the city and came to him saying, avenge me of my adversaries. That is probably somebody stealing, trying to steal her property. Somebody probably has evicted her or trying to evict her but this woman needs mercy and she knows the only place to go and get it is that judge and that's what we need to understand when you got a beef 
it is against God because he's the only one who can help you out of your situation. I'd better, I'd rather confess the beef, get it straightened out than to be mad at God and just go through life half, got me, limping all the time. I see it so much with Christians. There are many people who started out with God and got offended about something stupid, something they weren't even doing right. But they get mad at God about it. You know, we, we never seem to have enough money for anything. And we never want to, never have this and never. Well, you've got to develop your faith to do these things. I said, well, look out here. All these people sitting out here is in the same boat or was in the same boat that you're in. But they decided one thing, and that was they weren't going to blame God and hold a grudge like God is, you know, like you upset in his day or something. You got me? And so wisdom will tell you, I have nobody else to go to. I've got to get this straightened out with God. And many times when that happens, you'll find yourself a whole new realm opens up to you of possibility, a whole new door of of, uh, revelation, understanding, patience. Whatever you need is on the other side of that door of your beef. If you get rid of the beef and, and go to God and say, God, now this just ain't working right right here. I'm doing everything I know to do. Huh? Many times people are not in faith. They stay so worked up and nervous about, I need this, I need that. They don't have time to even develop any faith. They need to make time. But they think faith is the last thing they need. They think getting in the word is the last thing they need. You know, you'll tell people sometimes, well, you know, I, I had this problem on the job and so and so and so and so. And it dawns on you, I hadn't heard this script before. You got me? This person has this issue every single time. You know it, they know it, but they don't want to own it. You got me? If you'd own what it is that's causing the beef, you get untangled from it. You only got to own it for a minute or two, and then the blood of Jesus comes in. Once that revelation comes in, you get cleansed and you understand, and it's over with. Huh? It's done. Now, don't sit there and let the devil get you. You know what he'll do? He'll say, well, then, uh, you got to figure out how this happened to you. And you sit there for 10 years trying to trace your footsteps back, and you realize one day, that must not be important because God would have told me already. You know, it's humanity that's what that's our biggest problem humanness it's not important well i I could have done this years ago don't we say that about things spiritual things well no you couldn't have because the revelation just came to you how to settle it you could have done it years ago you'd have been on a job you got me maybe you wanted to do it but maybe god didn't want that important to him for you to get that You understand what I'm saying? It's interesting. But many times these things have to be taken in sequence and have to be taken in order. In order for you to to get your faith built up, maybe it needed to be tested in some things that you keep skipping that exam. You know, you absent on that day every single time. Well, God ain't going to just pass you because you're 18. Huh? 18 years saved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's going to give you a do-over until you get it right. 
if you don't get it right on this side of glory when you get to heaven you'll be sitting right up at a little desk getting a (laughs) do-over yeah they do have classes in heaven jesus preaches in heaven and guess what i'll be a preacher when i get there too (laughs) thought you got yeah you can go to somebody else's church i don't care thought you got rid of me you didn't whatever you call you call through eternity you'll get out of that (laughs) well yeah oh yeah praise god so here this judge is not a righteous man you need to know that when you have a beef against god or a beef in your life you're judging god unrighteous so that's part of the problem that needs to get corrected you got me and then when you go to the word part of your solution is finding that god was faithful to abraham finding that he got peter out of prison when people prayed finding all the goodness and mercy of god so that it changes your evaluation of him in your situation that's what you got to have and so when when uh uh so anyway she she comes up there and she came to him avenge me of my ever and he wouldn't do it for a while now that's god's sovereign right to not give you everything instantly for his glory and your own good he doesn't do it he does it after the counsel of his own will so he's thinking to himself what does this child of mine really need i know what she's screaming about but what does she really need so as a good father good heavenly father a wise judge he gives you what you really need your binky huh punches right in your little face and you go <laughs> so glad to get it i'm good for a couple of weeks a couple hours whatever whatever your mind try to go boom 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 make you mad again but it's true so that's his answer of peace for you quit being out of sorts about stuff get an answer of peace amen so this really is an extreme case this judge is not righteous he doesn't care about this woman there's no person on earth he's trying to please he's a god unto himself if we let ourselves we can get to a place of frustration in our seeking justice or things that we desire where we feel there's a wall against us and that wall is god so we can call it what we want and say we're not mad at god but we do have a complaint job had a complaint and he was righteous amen jonah had a complaint and he was god's servant so everybody has them you ain't you ain't you know and just because you think you don't that doesn't give you any points with god huh seriously doesn't so when we run out of answers we complain and that complaint is against god so the widow had to deal with this judge he was her only source her only recourse and she recognized that and it says he burst for he would not do it for a while underline for a while because that's your ticket to what you need it's just for a while god doesn't respond it's just for a while your answer is delayed it's just for a while amen 
But afterward, he said within himself, though I don't fear God nor regard man, there is a place where I can be persuaded. That's what you need. You need somebody who can be persuaded anyhow. Amen? Because they had him all figured out. I, mean, I told him so-and-so gave me a letter and said it was okay, and, and he don't give me what I want. I told him I'm praying to God, and he don't give me what I want. Where, but there is a place where he can be persuaded. Understand that. Understand that. It, understand that about your children who don't seem to want to serve God anymore or not to the level that you think they should, whatever it is. Say that about, you know, a spouse or a husband or a missing spouse. They ain't showed up yet. All them MIA spouses out there that people are believing God for. There is a place where these wayward people can be persuaded. Amen. Because nothing's impossible with God. He'll, he'll save. If he saved you and saved me, save anybody. Amen. I wasn't thinking about salvation and serving God. I'm thinking about none of that stuff. Thinking about killing my husband every day. If you want to know the truth. And I didn't want to be disturbed from it. But God disturbed me. Hmm? So this widow had to deal with him. We have to deal with God. You can't get away from dealing with God. He was the top dog. And she saw he was unjust, but that did not stop her. When you see somebody's not right, you see they, I don't want to serve that God. You say, I want to be like you. Everybody tell me, do I look like God to you? You don't have to be like me. But you got to be like God wants you to be. You're going to please him. Huh? <laughs> you mean I'm your only example of who God is? Well, maybe we need to send some more laborers to scare you half to death. Maybe I ain't spooky enough, huh? It didn't stop her because she saw him as unjust. Don't let anything stop you from pursuing what God has put in your heart. You got me? Don't let anything stop you. He begins to care because she won't quit. Sometimes your persistence can bring out the care in people. <laughs> you know, you won't go away. Mm -hmm. says he would not for a while but afterward he said within himself see that's the power of the word working on people that word keeps working that word I don't care if you say the word to him but one time if that word was fit and it was in season and it, it God had you utter it out of your mouth sometimes you just say it trying to get, get nasty with people and God will use it anyway you understand what I'm saying? Truth is truth. God can do what he wants to do with that word that comes out of our mouth. And he says, though I don't, though I don't fear God or regard man, yet because she troubles me. Yet because she keeps coming back. Yet because she keeps standing on the word. Yet because she doesn't quit and doesn't give up. It's because of that. He says, I will avenge her. I'll give her what she wants. So there's a place where God can be touched if there's something you really want. Don't give up asking. Don't give up believing. And the Lord says, hear what the, counsel, what the unjust judge says. 
And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night, though they bear long, though he bear long with them. So you will have prayers that take a long time to be answered. You got me? And you're the elect of God. It's not because you got sin in your life you can't get rid of or you done done something wrong umpteen years ago. But it's because he has designed this for your perfection. There's something else going on that your little wants can't see. And see, don't get blinded by your wants. Don't let lack drive your prayers. Let faith drive your prayers. Amen. Know that this thing will reverse at some point. That at some point, though you you bear long, because he begins by saying you ought always to pray and not faint. This is to get the faint out of you. This is to get the quit out of you. This is to get the give up out of you. And it's not going to come out any other way. Now we think if we can get everything overnight, that means something. huh? But then there's the perseverance that comes, the maturity that comes with perseverance, where nothing disturbs your peace because you know God, like they say, God got me. You got me? Uh-huh. God got me. So God promises an answer of peace at all times. So we all have issues, problems, and strongholds that can reflect on how we feel toward God. Sometimes you're dealing with some a very strong opinion or very strong mental trap in your brain, in your soul, in your carnal soul. That won't let the word penetrate. It won't let love penetrate. It won't let the heart of God penetrate and and bring release and bring peace and and comfort in that situation. And those things have to be broken down. They're broken down through through renewing your mind. You know, you, you, you got something in there. You know, like I was saying, I said, people say they're waiting on this and waiting on that. But check and see where they are in the Bible. And very seldom visit those areas in the word of God to get their faith strengthened. Amen. And so that's why we live in lack. Because our faith never gets strengthened in that area so that we can really trust God with it. There are some things that are just gifty things from God. Like I think finances and health are two things that are kind of gifty with God. You don't have to put up a whole lot of effort and and delving to get those things straightened out because they're all conditions of the soul poverty is a condition of your soul huh you know money is allergic to some people the money your money starts scratching and you go run out your purse when it finds itself in there Huh? Because of the mindset we carry. You, you have to have, see, we prosper in our health. There's a condition. As your soul prospers. If, if, you, if you fear lack, guess what happens when you have abundance? It's going to leave you quickly. Because you won't have the wisdom to manage it. That's what God is bringing to his people. Wisdom to manage resources and manage things so that we can continue to have abundance of things huh that's why winning a lottery messes people up you got me 
that's why uh, it says money gotten uh, through well through gambling or chance that's what that proverb really means last but a short time you think god's lying he's telling the truth and see everybody who's broke is looking for a windfall because they want it quick and over with i want to stop being broke all the time well you're going to do that but you got to follow god's plan for how to do it you see what i'm saying you got to do it for you and and part of that uh the big part of that is the stewardship responsibility which we think is very dull stuff huh listen i would watch my husband for years count every penny that came into the house i thought well he better stop that because i'm getting mad well i didn't work and i you know what do i know all i know is spend 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 when you work for it your attitude about it's a whole lot different unless you're looking for some big escape out of responsibility but you have to start to think like a prosperous person so god taught me how to think like a prosperous person you got me i fell in line under what my husband was doing which a lot of people don't like to do that you don't think you can learn off other people but you can even though you hate what they do (laughs) god can make you love it and respect it you got me and so i learned how to accept responsibility for things we always paid our bills first and we lived off the rest and that's what i couldn't stand you got me because i still had poverty lurking in the back of my brain and so i learned how to fall in line with what he was doing and do the best i could picking up from him and the things of the word but i did notice that god always replenished our supply i knew how to go to god and ask for more which was helpful and when it more came in i thought that's all mine mistaken huh yeah so you know what i'm saying you just you learn these things you learn how to not get excited when you get normal spending you know or a little bit more money you you learn how to chill out god helped us i I tell you this story all the time we got paid once a month instead of having continual small bits of money come in you have one large piece coming in and you have to manage it because we were always scared 30 days are you kidding me what are we going to do you're going to watch what you spend you're going to talk to god about it and you're going to be a good steward and this is how you're supposed to live amen we we had lived when you live live with inflation you know in the your your government's money is inflated uh interest rates on on borrowing money tend to be low and uh interest rates on saving are high and so we learned how to take advantage of that you know we could you could buy a, a car on credit or we could and pay very little interest on it much better than paying cash for it and let your cash go out and it can't gain anything so you use somebody else's money now i remember my husband doing that for years but he would sit down and figure it out if he came out to the good that's the route he took you got me i wish i'd have paid more attention to that i wouldn't have so much credit card debt all the time but i'm working on it you got me but but these are the things that you begin to learn and you begin to put together on how to really prosper and i remember him going to the credit union to buy the car that i have now my last car and he 
he looked at it and he said he went ahead and borrowed the money for it and then about uh, six months later he said you know i had the money to pay for it cash he said i don't know why i didn't do that well his mindset was that it it makes more sense to borrow the money he said but no i could save that money if i went ahead and paid for it so he went and paid cash for it you understand what i'm saying and so we have to understand that there are ways but you got to get in the in the way of prosperity you've got to get in the mindset you got to crucify the old mindset quit thinking you'll never have x and tell yourself i am on the road to prosper amen i am on the road i am on the right road because i am renewing my mind in the word of god my want list is gone you lack nothing so get rid of the list of things you want Quit talking about what you're going to buy and what you got to have and all this. Quit dreaming so much. Get out of your fantasy world and say, God, you know my heart. You know what I like. You let me know when it's time for me to get. And in the meantime, I'll go on and put the rubber band on it, put the Band-Aid on it, jump start it, whatever you got to do to keep it going, but keep it rolling. You understand what I'm saying? And then when God sees, if you only go to him, he'll see one day that it's time to move that into your life. You got me? Now, I don't fault anybody for, for buying a car on credit because you got to get to work. You understand? You got it. Sometimes you have to spend money to get money. But make sure you're just getting transportation. Don't try to get out there. You know, and be the first one in the neighborhood with a brand new Jaguar. You understand what I'm saying? That kind of nonsense stuff. Just keep it legal. Keep it real. Keep it holy. Keep it God. And be grateful when he opens a door for provision for you. Be thankful. Amen. Because you don't have to have it. Amen. You think your faith getting out of way? You know, I believe God and I pray for this. You ain't done nothing. Nothing that the Holy Spirit hasn't directed you to do if it worked out well. So let's just get a grip on who we are and learn how to quit projecting our poverty. Amen? Because that's all we do. You know, I used to hear men brag about, yeah, I'm going to get me one of them. And I was broke as a church mouse to talk about. It's just a turnoff to me, you know? Men, it's God stuff. Don't brag on it. I found that out. They very quiet because they don't want to give it up. They don't want you knowing about it, especially if they kind of likes you. Huh? They love you. They might hide stuff from you forever because they know they're going to give it up. I'm serious. Y'all think that's wrong. Don't you think I don't know what I'm talking about? Uh, but you know just an observation not an indictment of any kind but you know i learned how to watch stuff <laughs> i knew when the jig was up i knew when to straighten up i knew what to get my mama didn't raise no fools hmm? So we all have issues and problems. Some of them are related to strongholds. Meditating on the word breaks down those strongholds. So you can have wealth on the inside of you. 
and then it's confessed at the right time under the unction of the spirit so you're not bragging about what you want what you're going to get what you're going to have see the wise person is trying to figure out how they're going to pay for it they ain't bragging about nothing the one who never gets it is the one with all the mouth huh thug life you know now there's some people that say they're gonna get it and come back with it in five minutes <laughs> you don't want to be <laughs> look at my, what my faith got me mm-hmm. jump started somebody something rolling up in it god doesn't want us to be thieves he wants his children to have integrity amen you know it, <clears throat> it just there's something in us somehow that doesn't care about how we attain certain things we just want the appearance of things so god is looking to kill that so so sometimes he may seem unjust for a season to kill the thief in us amen kill the thing that doesn't want to be a good steward doesn't want to be responsible it doesn't want to pay the bills and take care of it he wants to kill that thing in us amen so anyway so we uh it, a grievance, we said, means that we are lacking in peace, and God wants to bring us to that place. So in Genesis 41, did I tell you that already? We go to Genesis chapter 41, and, and you know the story. It's about Joseph coming up out of the prison at the right time. Amen? Sometimes your deliverance is delayed until the right time. There's, there's a right time for everything in our lives. And in 41, uh, in verse four is 1, it says, that the, And it came to pass at the end of two full years. So this was after, remember Joseph had a dream for the butcher and the baker. It was the butcher and the baker or uh, chief butler. Sorry about that. The chief butler and the baker. I think the baker, uh, uh, the baker got hanged. So both these guys had dreams. Joseph begins, his, his gift of administration will be his outstanding gift. Yes, yes. That has to be developed. Amen. It was developed first in Potiphar's house. So we all can manage our finances. Don't say you can't. And don't say, well, I would manage my money, but I'll never have enough. that's poverty poverty says no matter what i have it's never enough so if god gave you more it would still be the same story you got me and so your story has to change your heart has to change before god will begin to give you management over more got me sometimes god will allow you certain things that your heart longs for but he doesn't want you to live on that every day you can't do that every day amen that's what the world does they live on the excess they live on the abundance of things that's you've got abundance in your heart your heart should be the wealthiest place in your life you've got wealth means that you have treasure stored up that can bless others abundance means you have enough for others it's not just about you all the time you got me 
What do you think the abundance that he told Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I just sit here and bless myself. No, no, no. That's not yours. That's for somebody else. You got me? Bless yourself. (laughs) So he says, two full years Pharaoh dreamed. Behold, he stood by a river. Behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored uh, kind or or uh, cattle and uh and they they fed in the meadow and they were fat flesh so they were very healthy cattle they had abundance to eat and they were feeding the whole seven other cattle came up out of the river ill-favored lean in flesh stood by the other kind upon the brink and the ill-favored ate up the well-favored ones and pharaoh woke up and he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up, one stalk rank and good, and behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. Pharaoh woke up, and behold, it was a dream. It came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. He had a beef. Amen. There's something, somehow, two nights in a row, I have been disturbed. Don't be upset about your pizza dream. But you might get troubled if a recurring dream comes to you. Amen. Now, in this day and age, God won't just throw you a dream out of left field and go have you chase it down. He'll speak to you in the normal way he always speaks to you. You know, so go to the way God speaks to you. You don't have to make a big deal out of everything. You got me? But this, because Pharaoh is not a Hebrew, he's not in covenant with God. God can't talk to him through the prophets and that. He must talk to him in a common way that God can talk to people, and that's through dreams. Dreams are not upper-level communication with God. They are more on a common everyday level. He can speak because you look the Bible over. Believers and non-believers get dreams. Non-believers get them more than believers. Once you're a believer and he can talk to you through his word and some mechanism where he intends to speak to you, he prefers that route because you can build relationship that way. And he says, because the devil can get in your dreams too, but he can't get in the Bible. Amen. You read that word and God will talk to you. And he, it says, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, all the way. So he was really troubled. Many times the pharaohs had a, a chief uh, magician or a chief astrologer or a chief uh, soothsayer. And they would call that chief person so they didn't have to just scrounge. For you to ask everybody, you desperate. You got me? And so it was, nope, it's not the chief guys. Anybody that knows anything that can tell me and help me because I am desperate. He is disturbed. And he says, and Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them to Pharaoh. Now, when everybody comes up with a no answer, it's because God blocks it. Because most of them could lie their way into some kind of goofy answer that would please Pharaoh. 
But this one was locked up in the heart of God because God had something in mind for this. Amen. He had something in mind. And so there was none that could interpret it. Then he spoke, then spoke the chief butler to Pharaoh saying, I do remember. Huh? It's been two years since the, the baker was hanged. And they both had interpretations of their dreams. And Joseph even told the butler, he said, when you get free remember me to pharaoh he forgot him why it wasn't his time there's some things that ain't your time you want them so bad the reason you want them so bad is because it's not your time and you know it you don't want to admit it's not your time you mean tell me i gotta wait some more and i've been waiting on him Hmm? it's been time Mm, not quite not according to the boss's schedule He knows what's good for us. He's not unjust. See, when you say it's your time and you don't have it, you're calling God unjust. That's where your beef is. If I could get up there in heaven and tell him what for, (laughs) you know, have all my stuff. We get like that. So Pharaoh has this dilemma. This thing is beyond him. Nobody can help him. God is speaking to him. He believes God is speaking to him, but he doesn't know what he's saying. There are many times we think we know what we need and we think we know what we want, but we have no clue. That's something we got to accept. You got to accept that. You have no clue what you need. Because we're looking for the answer to come through Avenue East, come down Prospect. Huh? And we got to get on the prospect bus and get a transfer of 55 and then get over to Euclid and get a transfer up there and then get up the hill. You understand what I'm saying? It might take several steps in your process to get you think it's just straight to your goodies, but it ain't. You got to go here and stop off here and get faith for what's here. Then you package that inside of you and you move over to the other street. And you package what's in there. See, it may be 15 faith steps between where you're at now and where you decide you're going to be. Just saying. Huh? Just saying. Huh? I hope y'all ain't feeling no shade because I ain't throwing none. It's It's just the way it is. We misinterpret circumstances many times and throw our hands up in frustration because we don't understand what God is doing and what he's saying. But, you know, as believers, we're quick to think we got it all. You don't even have a good corner on it. You know? So the best thing you can do is hold your horses. Huh? Don't buy the dress yet. Huh? Don't buy the ring yet. Might have to get another size. <laughs> no, I'm messing. I'm messing with you. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying. Hey, whatever. We'd have done that. We'd have tried. You know, we think we're we're doing uh, putting our faith into motion. Well, we're gonna, if I go get my dress, God's going to send me somebody. Huh? In a tux. Huh? He may not have a tux on when you meet him. I hope he got something on, but it's another story. We won't go there. Uh, 
So then the butler speaks up. He says, Pharaoh, since I know you're desperate and you're about going to kill everybody in here. See, many times in anger, human people will make judgments that are to the detriment of people who are under them. You know, they'll, they need to learn how to hold their peace, you know, but make a proper judgment. You know, don't hold your peace forever. you got to make a judgment on things and understand things. But it was known that if you didn't give us an answer, we couldn't get one. We'd put everybody to death around here. You're all no good to us. You're dead to me, as they say in the mafia. And he says, but they, he thinks of somebody. When that's when people really get to struggling hard to get an answer. He said, I remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in the ward and the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. We dreamed a dream in one night. Each man did according to the interpretation of it. And there was with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. We told him and he interpreted to both of us. And it came to pass as he interpreted us, so it was to me, you restored to my office and him you hanged. And Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. They brought him hastily out of the dungeon. When the boss is mad, you don't dilly-dally. Huh? You just don't. You know, you do things in haste. And he says to each man, according to his dream, he did interpret. He said, Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. They brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself, changed his clothes, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. Joseph said, Pharaoh, it is not in me. Where your other boys around here claim they have control over their gift, this is important. Because you, you wouldn't see so many people on Facebook that's apostles and prophets now if they weren't trying to control their gift. I tell people all the time, you know, they, well, I'm, I'm, I'm setting up my ministry. I'm going to do this and do that. In three months, they met at the people and shut the meeting down. You understand what I'm saying? You ain't called. You weren't sent. You went. Because you're not even equipped with maturity to forgive people. Huh? Because when you're in charge, people going to get mad at you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to want to walk out. They're going to want to blame you for everything that's wrong in their life. You get it. huh? Like David's men wanted to stone him, and they had just been out robbing people and getting, they had all the money they wanted in their pockets. It was still bad enough to kill him because this was going wrong. You got me? <laughs> you get one thing going wrong in your life because your dirt then caught up with you, huh? And all of a sudden you're mad at everybody. Amen. That's just true. When you're in charge, you have to learn you're going to be the bad guy in somebody's drama. Huh? you the black hat in a western. Amen. People. I learned how to not be moved. You got me? Something you have to learn. You know, you, you don't come here with this all of a sudden. God has to mature you in it. And so, uh, uh, so Pharaoh, he... he Joseph confesses it's God. This is what you need to do. 
you've got to give glory to God if there's something you're doing right. You know, you don't jump up and say, oh, I, I prayed for you. When somebody tells you they got an answer, yeah, I prayed for you. You don't take credit for these things. And it's so easy to do because we're all looking for validation. Amen. You go to God and get reassurance. When you see an answer to prayer, you say, bless the Lord. I thank you, God, that you, you know, amen. You don't know what you prayed for if you pray in tongues. You don't know if you're in on that deal or not. You understand? <laughs> Praise God. It's true. Amen. You th- thank God I was doing something right that day. I stopped and prayed for them. Huh? So, <clears throat> he gives glory to God off the bat. It's like this, Pharaoh, if I don't come up with something, it ain't my fault. See, it's because God didn't give me nothing. You know, I'm the, I'm the last person that want to have a prophecy for everybody every time we get together. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But, but I don't press myself, you know, unless God really gives me answers for people. And I found that that's the best way to be. Now, we used to have luncheons where I could prophesy to everybody. I can if I need to. I can if I know God wants it. But it's not all the time that he wants it from me. You got me? Not from me. So y'all wouldn't even be here. Dang, she going to come up to me and say she see this and she see that. You know, just... God knows what he's doing. Amen. So he says, it's not in me. He said, but this I do know. This I know. That God will give you an answer of peace. He will not leave you in turmoil. He will not leave you confounded. He will not leave you hopeless. He will not leave you as an orphan. He will not leave you feeling helpless. Pharaoh, if God gave you this dream, I'm going to check in with him and see what he says because he will give you an answer of peace. Amen. So then Pharaoh begins to recount the dream to him. He can recite it exactly the way he recited it the first time. And Joseph said this when he had heard everything that Pharaoh had to say. And see, prophets had to have to watch this kind of stuff because uh, many times they'll be thought of as being rude, which I know some of y'all feel that way about me because I'll spout something off before you even finish telling me because we know the answer already. You got me? So you have to kind of back up a little bit, especially when you're in, in the front of somebody who can kill you if you get it wrong. So he listens to the whole thing, but he comes up with a ready answer. Why? Because God's probably already told him. You got me? And so Joseph said to Pharaoh in verse 25, the dream of Pharaoh is one dream. God has showed it to you because it's imminent. God has showed it to you twice because it's imminent. And he said the seven good kind in years are seven good years, seven thin are seven bad years. This is the thing which I've spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he's showing it to you. Seven years will come up where there is plenty throughout the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine. Now, the so-called modern-day self-appointed prophets will stop there. God is bringing judgment on America. It's because we tolerate this and we send that. That is not an answer of peace. 
Y'all understand me? When God speaks, he brings peace. It gets settled. He has a settling of the problem. He can tell you why it hasn't happened yet if you really want to know. But if he decides he's not going to tell you why it hasn't happened yet because it'll mess your head up and your life up, he won't tell you. God is not a happening. He's not a thing. He's not a provision. He's God. And he wants to be known by people. He wants to be respected and loved by people just like he loves you. And he can't do it with some of us because we're always looking for our stuff and not looking for God. I know that sounds trite and we've heard it before, but it is the truth. So Joseph thinks it's important for Pharaoh to get to know who God is. Because he tells him exactly who the author of this is. He tells him exactly what he tells him to do. But I'm telling you, God will not give you an interpretation and tell you what the problem is without giving you an answer. He don't leave you sitting up there like you can't do anything about the trouble you're in. That's not God. He has an answer of peace. Even if it's going to work out that you're going to lose everything, at the end of it, you get an assurance that it's coming back to you. It's not gone forever. He leaves enough faith in there for that thing to be accomplished. And in verse 31, he says, The plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine that follows. In other words, people are going to forget they ever had anything This is why it's important not to squander the blessings of God. Sometimes God will tell you, you need to put that aside. You need to save that. I know we don't want to hear that. Yeah, whatever. Don't feel condemned. It's just as a fact of life. He said, the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following. It will be very grievous. And for that, the dream was doubled to Pharaoh twice. He said, it's going to be harsh around here. It's going to be, trouble will break out. You know, when people have lack for real, they'll kill and steal from each other. It, it, people leave, lose all restraint because they don't see anything good coming. And so he says, he says there, and here's the solution. So you need to find out the problem to a degree. You need to understand, get that information from God, get the details of it, and then you get the solution. All of that comes when God gives you your answer of peace. Sometimes God says nothing because you got your answer already. Just hold on to what I've been telling you all along. I'm not going to sit here and repeat this over and over to you. You go to the word and get reassured about what I've told you already. Got me? Like with healing. He's not nice. He ain't changed his mind about you're healed already. He's waiting for you to grab onto it. When am I going to get healed? When you quit confessing like that. When you start saying you are healed, you are healed. You got me? It'll show come a lot quicker. Peace includes these things. Number one, the interpretation of the problem, verses 28 through 32. That's part of your peace. Number two, the interpretation of ideas. That's what, that's what you need. You need uh, ideas and a solution, verses 33 through 37. Then there are persons involved. Who's going to carry this out? 38 through 42. So 
Joseph gives him the whole counsel of God, the whole plan of God, everything that God has told Joseph, he tells Pharaoh. And he says, verse 33, Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. He didn't volunteer himself. I've heard people prophesy to people, well, God says you're supposed to come to my church and do this, and I don't do that, even though I know that it'll help them to get there. See, sometimes you're asking for trouble. You think you're asking for people, and you get trouble with them. People come with their problems. They come with their baggage. They come with everything. So I don't steal people from nobody. You understand what I'm saying? I don't prophesy to people, you're supposed to be a part of this thing, and you know. Even though they should. Many times, and you know they should. God didn't tell you to. God can tell them better than I can. I found that out. And he says, let Pharaoh do this. and Let him appoint officers over the land. Take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And you see the plan God unfolds for success. There is no prophecy from God without a plan of success unfold to you. It's got to end in success which is your peace. And he says, let them gather all the food of those years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. That food shall be for store and to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. You got me? So land meaning people. So he wants to keep people alive. And this thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the spirit of God is? The spirit of God in you is your calling card for every door that's going to open to you. Don't leave home without it. Don't get God to open a door for you and then you go in there, you know, with your grill in like Frenchie. Huh? I'm hip and I'm slick. Or Pete, you got me? Thank you. Yeah, Peter come in there. I'm hip and I'm slick. Amen. No, you don't do that. You didn't get hired. The Holy Ghost got hired. Amen. So you go in there. Whatever you need to go in like to have God clean the God the whole eight hours and not let you jump out. Huh? Do that. Huh? Do that. And allow God to manifest himself through you so that you can be successful. Amen. So at the end of this conversation, it's all good. Pharaoh's happy. Ain't nobody losing their head today. Nobody got hanged today because we didn't have answers. Because I'm sure some of them have about been through that. You got me? God definitely gives us peace when he answers. You wonder no more. The wondering, it automatically stops. You ever been in a place where stuff used to bug you and you're shocked your mind don't go tilt this time? Because something has happened. You grabbed on to something of God that you did not have before. Amen? If you do not have peace, you have not heard from God you got to let go of what you're holding. Let go of your, your regulation of your life. Let go of trying to hold on to everything and make sure all your little ducks are where everything's accounted for. Amen. Because God will yank the 
the tablecloth from under your little setting you got all set up real cute man joseph was a big hurdle for pharaoh to conquer and this is going to be true for the people who have answers for you let me tell you why god does it the reason he gives rough people your answer is because he doesn't want you trying to receive everything through your soul See, if if your soul gets slapped around 15 times in your head, that opens your spirit up so your answer can get through. Huh? Ministers used to crack me up. Uh, Brother Summerall, they would invite him, and they want to question him, but everybody's scared to ask him anything. Why? Because the first person that asked got slapped. I mean, if the righteous slap you. You know, usually it's good not to have a question. Just sit down there and listen and see what the man has to tell you. Huh? They get to poking and prodding and then they, you know, lift up his Holy Ghost in him and get put right back in their place. And everybody settled down and was all ears all of a sudden. They didn't have anything intelligent to ask somebody. Amen? So that's the way we need to be. You know, you need to, when you're in bondage, you need an anointing that's going to cut through your nonsense. All your made-up rules and your made-up answers and I know what's going on and people ain't right and somebody put a spit on me and, you know, this. Joseph was a stumbling block in a way, but Pharaoh, if a sinner can overcome it, we can. He was a prisoner. He was a Hebrew, served another god. His food was an abomination to the egyptians they couldn't even eat with him couldn't handle his food he had to get it himself or get another hebrew around there to prepare it for him all that kind of stuff but he overcame all the hurdles why he wanted the answer he wanted you got to want the answer more than anything you got to want the message more than trying to kill the messenger because they got picked to bring it you got me you gotta want your answer huh you got to want your answer. When you get desperate, guess who will show up? God will show up with your answer for you. Amen. Amen. He's that merciful where you want to reject everybody that has something for you. They don't like me, they, well, they jealous of me. Wait, 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 wait. Hold the phone. Wait a minute. You must have something we can't get. If God gave it to you, we can all have it. Nobody jealous of you. Are you kidding me? That's the devil's last resort for somebody who's out of answers. They're jealous of me. Huh? Ain't nobody jealous of you. If it's humanly possible, we can all have it. (laughs) We just don't want it as bad as you do. I'm going to leave it there. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us. (laughs)